Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. In the Fortress of Forlorn Hope, our heroes are closing in on the feast. Butthole talked with Quinny about his DNR order. Juniper tried to therapize her teammates, and Quinny decided he needed to live as long as Ginny wanted him alive. Will our heroes survive their upcoming mission, or will Quinny kill Butthole for revealing it to Ginny before it started? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. One of the many advantages to having a number of um, low to mid-level magic and tinkerer types um, kind of filtering in amongst the refugees is you've been able to make some upgrades to uh, the Fortress of Forlorn Hope, not the least of which, uh, as insisted upon by Reginald, is a complex alarm system um, that uh, triggers um, either on a uh, someone arriving at the front gate unannounced um, or in kind of a variety of like wall breaching circumstances. In this case, it is mm. the front gate um, that uh, that is, has triggered the, uh, the the magical alarms, which are uh, active now throughout uh, throughout the the fortress. Uh, unfortunately, um, interrupting uh, Queenie's rage at Butthole spilling the beans, uh, though he no longer has his bag of beans, he still apparently has ba- has beans to spill uh, to Ginny <laughs> about the uh, the suicide mission. Um, that's it. Uh, the alarm has been raised, and you can hear kind of shouts from uh, the courtyard. Uh, Butthole, Juniper, and Quinny, you are all together in the uh, corridor right now. What do you do? Butthole already started running. He's just oh. going to keep running for that gate. Hell yeah. Juniper's raced down there. Same. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the three of you make haste uh, sort of down through that that central ruined um, entryway where you, you fought uh, the uh, the drow and the, uh, the the tiny tiny Dagron, um, uh, the hmm. fantabulous Frondu's uh, child. And um, you race out the front um, to find that already there's, you know, uh, a bunch of the the sort of um, burlier adventure folk um, that Annan kind of collected and that have, have shown up who are kind of um, operating as guards. There's sort of a, almost a militia vibe in terms of when the alarm goes, grab your weapon and, and rush the gate. Um, and uh, you're somewhat relieved, uh, but also not wholly relieved uh, to see um, Trax, Dexter, and Mo um, arriving uh, in quite a state. Um, Mo looks fucking rough. Uh, he has been ripped up um, mm. and is more more blood than than Mo uh, right now. And Trax and Dexter are um, not as bad, but in kind of rough shape. Um, Trax uh, has that uh, unfortunate being a tabaxi um, that thing that happens when like you you light a barbecue too close to your eyebrows and they kind of get singed mm. were just like um sort of a good like quarter of them sort of like from his his forehead across his face and over his left shoulder and arm um is those it, it has clearly been burnt like there's clearly an explosion so his fur is that like curly burnt um burnt hair um but otherwise he's uh he's moving pretty quickly um Dexter is uh, dragging a leg uh, and is grumblier than usual, is covered in, in Moe's blood um, and is uh, has clearly uh, bandaged, bandaged himself up. Um, but they've obviously been on the road for a while. Uh, this is one of the dangers of your current kind of Ravengate excursion system, which mm-hmm. is 
Alan can't be watching every gate at all times. And um, so far, that hasn't proved to be a huge problem. The other issue is that the gates themselves can be unreliable. Um, so there was always an expectation that like you might either have to hang around if you're on one of these away teams, hang around for a while or find another way out. Um, if Alan can't get to you or uh, if the gates are, are malfunctioning. And it would seem that that is the case with these three who've clearly been on the road uh, for some time. Um, and uh, Dexter just kind of yells, hey, hi, medic for this, what's left of him. Um, and they kind of like ease Mo to the ground. Um, Mo is, as I said, he's he's ripped up. He's in, in rough shape. Um, his, uh, he, he, to his credit, put on something other than a lounge robe uh, to, to go adventuring. You can almost think like um, Obi-Wan's uh, like prequel slash Clone Wars cartoon outfit of just kind of like <laughs> a very simple, almost like karate gi robe with a belt. Like it's just kind of like, I'm going adventuring. I bought it at Tilly's, like that kind of um, uh, outfit. Yeah. Um, and uh, it is, uh, it was khaki when he left uh, and it is mostly red now. Um, his, uh, his ribs are exposed uh, <gasps> on one side um, and his face has been gored. Uh, so um, one of his eyes is, is kind of like, heavily like there's a bunch of gauze and like stuff that's been packed in and like they've clearly like crunched up some leaves and stuff and packed them in but big kind of rake of claws uh across one side of his face um and he's drifting in and out um uh and uh uh tracks just says um hey is 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 butthole around we we, we could really use some uh healing and and revives over here we, we barely got out of there uh good news though i think we found the fucking place Beautiful. Butthole is just going to run up to the front uh, and then find, obviously, Mo is like the most fucked up. So Mo gets first attention uh, and, and Butthole just starts holding up his hands and he just starts. So so Mo has like an eye that's gone and like really bad scarring. Like, well, like yeah, not gone, but injured. Yeah, basically like it's literally like something clawed across, uh, like up and across his face. So. Yeah, that all sounds terrible. Yeah. So he's just going to be. He's going to stand over Mo, just farting, and each fart sends a, a moat of golden magical light up, and they split, and they swirl around his arms up to his hands where he's collecting like a ball of healing, and then he's just going to jam it up Mo's nose uh, to, <laughs> oh, oh, to heal him oh, oh. As, as much as possible. So he's going to hit him with a, a big old... I forgot Mo's voice. <laughs> oh, oh, Mo. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> yeah, so he's going to heal him for... Wait a second. It's going to heal him for 60 HP. Awesome. And does that do any restorative stuff to like... It's like pure H HP? Uh, it'd be pure HP. If the, it, well, if the eye was... If the eye... Is he blind or is it that it's just like it's got wounds over slash around it? Um, it is uh, It is a damaged eye. So it's not gone, but it is also not operational right now. Okay. Then he will... Forget that that spell then. He'll have done exactly the same thing, but he's going to cast a new healing spell that he has, which is called Regenerate. Mm. So you touch a creature Ooh. and stimulate its natural healing ability. They regain 48 plus 15 hit points, which is actually more based on his powers, but we'll just call it that. Uh, so he regains 31 hit points. Uh, for the duration of the spell, which is one hour, the target regains one hit point at the start of each of its turns. So 10 hit points per minute. 
the target severed body members, fingers, legs, tail, and so on, if any, are restored after two minutes. If you have the severed part and hold it to the stump, the spell instantaneously causes the limb to knit to the stump. So he'll do that in the hopes that it'll help with okay, the, yeah, the so eye injury and flesh elsewhere. Knits, knits together. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, he, you see him just kind of like put a hand over his face as this is happening. Uh, and and kind of like look look down at his ribs, and he's just like, oh 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 oh, oh, oh fuck, it's oh it's all going, it's all, it's, it's going, it's 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 going back together, oh it's going back together, and just like, just kind of like as soon as he sees it collapse, it like just passes out, um, or kind of like lolls back, uh, knowing he's no longer in immediate danger, um, and uh, uh, Dexter just like holds out a hand. And tracks begrudgingly like digs around in a pouch and like slaps two gold pieces into his hand. <laughs> Dexter's like, "See, I told you he'd be able to fix him right up without any now no pomp and circumstance, no no big deals, just a couple of farts, and uh, you know he's he's all fixed up." So yeah, and right, tracks but- is just livid. <clears throat> like he kind of like glares at you a little bit, but only he's like, "Hey, I, like it's great that you 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 did this, but um." Like, you just, you cost me some gold, man. Um, and just as he says, man, wow. he gets another golden fart just jammed right up his nose to heal him and also Dex. Like, yeah. Um, and <laughs> uh, Dexter's just like, oh, oh, no, no. And like, the coins fall out of his hands <laughs> as he just kind of staggers away, uh, holding his nose, but the smell is inside him now. So uh, plugging the nose doesn't help. Um, and tracks, it's just like, you know, if, if you, you dose a cat in water quickly, <laughs> just like his eyes are wide and like his fur is, is, is regaining sheen, like in mm-hmm. a movie where like a plague has fallen upon like a, a dead forest and then it all comes back to like, <laughs> like, you know, the colors coming back into, into it, it's straightening back out. Um, but given his, uh, feline senses, just the, the, the acuteness of his, his ability to smell, is staggered uh, by having this jam. So he's just like standing there stock still. Um, and he manages a thank you um, as, uh, as this happens. And there's applause from the, 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 the courtyard, the, the people of um, uh, Cornucopia um, kind of like who have come rushing out of the greenhouse nearby to watch are like applauding and cheering and like muttering to each other about like, Oh yes, yes. he, he does, he works in non mysterious, very clear ways, um, <laughs> extremely overt ways. Yeah, uh, we can the, say uh, that about the butt hammer. He does not have mysteries. Yeah, no, they love that. They're all about that. They're simple folk. It's really nice. That it's just like, oh, he farts and then people are healed. Great. Yeah. That's it. That's really it. Oh, amazing. He's a straight shooter. Yeah. So they're uh, they're they're pretty pleased with that. Um, and obviously, more more people come uh, rushing out, and uh, butthole, you kind of find like Annan by your side almost immediately, and she's just like, "Oh shit, I was worried something like this was going to happen," and she's like gesturing for stretchers, um, and uh, she uh, kind of turns to you and she says, "So, um, how bad is Mosephus?" Refuses to call him Mo. It's really not, not, not a thing she <laughs> she's willing to do. Well, he's pretty good, actually. I figured to give him an hour, he'll be fine. Like, it's not a big thing. He's, he, I think he just passed out from being, like, excited. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. And she's, like, filling out a medical chart. She's, like, excitement. Excited. Um, <laughs> I give him about a half hour, and I think he's going to be 100%. Wow, okay. Um, 
Listen, we we should probably talk about this. You've been bringing people back from the dead. You just worked a, 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 a tremendous feat of, of healing here. Um, you you know that that some of the people here are really starting to lean pretty heavy into that godhead thing you're you're kind of playing with. You know that, right? Yep. Okay. I mean, that's good. I've been that like Moonhammer gave me this, so like I got to do a good job. Okay, I, I just want to make sure you know what you're. I mean, I know you never really know what you're doing, but you know kind of what you're doing here because this isn't like the Forsaken. You can't just take this away from these people later and hang it up in a closet and only promise sequels to books that you never write. Like if you're doing this, you you really need to be in it. You know that, right? I don't really know what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, if you are going to keep doing these miracles and these people start to think of you as their god, yeah, you're going to have to keep doing that. This isn't a persona you can drop like the Forsaken. That's what I'm saying. You can't hang this up in a closet later. Like, oh, if you're so going to be if, if and she points at at like all of the again still applauding wildly. She's like as people begin to to worship you like you're you're basically uh, you can't unring this bell uh without really doing a lot of damage to to these folks um i don't know how I mean, bummed you got when you thought your god had abandoned you and just imagine in this time in this place what that will feel like when they have so little so i'm not saying don't do it i think it's it's great and like you managed to bring yevgenovich back to me in an extraordinarily strange form but hey you know we work with what we've got <laughs> and that means that is going to have a father. So like, I can't really begrudge this. I think it's wonderful. And I think we need it. I just, and like just figuring out how to say this professionally. She's like, I just, you could say it the wrong way. If you want, it's just you and me. Nobody else is listening. I just worry about you. Oh, like you worry about me either being Personally, bad at this. I worry. No, I worry about <laughs> you. You've gone from uh, a, a guy who was looking for purpose in life. You took on a persona of, of murder and vengeance, and you were great at you're great at the grandstanding. You're great at all of that, uh, but I know you were also carrying a lot of emotion and kind of working through it badly. So that's fine. Let's put that aside. Then you became uh, a king. Yep. Still and a now king. you're also <laughs> juggling being a god. Yes. That's a lot for you, and it's exhausting, and you won't be able to put pause on it. So I just worry about you and want to make sure that you are aware of the weight of what you're taking on so that you aren't surprised later when it's a lot. Yeah, no, it's a lot now. So, I mean, Aww. like, yeah, I mean, I'm embracing this and I'm taking this on. I know what I'm doing-ish. My heart knows what I'm doing. The details are kind of fuzzy. That's why I have people like you. But hmm. So here's the other question. Can you imagine a world where I don't have to do this? Um, and she sighs in like a very world-weary, but in a um, productive way. Um, like I'm thinking of, you know, an engineer tasked with an incredibly difficult thing where it isn't like, a, oh, I don't know how, like, this is an impossible thing, but rather just, oh, you've just asked me an incredibly hard question um, that I need a way through. And she just says, um, there's always going to be 
stuff. You know, when I worked in the Mirage, a lot of the time when we were talking about cleaning rooms, the joke we would have is it just take you looking away before someone is going to completely ruin. They're going to like shit on the sheets and like use up all the soaps and mm -hmm. use all the towels. Somehow the towels will just be gone. We don't know where they go. They're just gone. And it doesn't matter that you just cleaned it. it. Doesn't matter how long it took to clean. It's just you looked away for a minute. Now it's destroyed again. Um, and then you just redo the room because that's our job. Uh, and I think that's kind of this world, isn't it? There's always going to be a new threat. There's too much power in this 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 world. Um, I've talked to Juniper about some of the places that uh, you know Sheriff Moss uh, knows. Um, we've talked to you about what you saw. I've communicated a bit with the Castilian over at um, uh, Castle uh, Raveloft. But also, by the way, it's so strange having email correspondence with a Xanthus. <laughs> but like, it's kind of useful. He's pretty smart um, in a butlery way. Anyway, there's so much. There are places that are quieter than this one, but this one is loud. And there's so much power and people just keep finding ways to grab it. And some of them are responsible like you some of them are enthusiastic but a little less in control like bucky or alan and some of them want to wield that power to do weird things like that that Riker guy ripping holes in the galaxy or fucking xanthus or any of these assholes and i think there's always going to be assholes finding power which means people are always going to die and people are always going to need guidance. Those are things they're always going to need, just like they're always going to need towels. They're always going to need fresh sheets. I don't know that you need to be the one to deliver the towels and the fresh sheets forever. There will always be a need, but I don't think it always has to be you. And I think at some point you can stop and you should stop or you will die. And there is no you to bring you back. So... Yes, I can't imagine a world where you don't have to do this forever, but it will mean you allowing some of these bad things to happen, and it will mean that some people don't get towels or sheets. But I think yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but also, no. <laughs> because we all like good people. I know I do. I know you do. You like Yevgenovich. I think you're like me. You seem like most of the people here. I do like you. I like you, obviously. And I like, like you. When, you, when you care about somebody, you want them to stay safe because then you get to keep caring about them and you get to have them around and they get to be this like amazing part of your life. And I think a lot of trying to hang on to that forever is the key to evil because you want to take something that's ephemeral and beautiful and short and happening just now, and you want to make it last forever. But everybody dies. Everything goes away. There are always people coming for more power and stupid power and doing evil things with it and blah, 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 blah. And if they weren't currently filling the world with zombies, maybe I wouldn't have to worry about the whole world. I'd probably just be sorting out a cock because that sort of feels like my shit. And then the butt hammer thing is sort of happening. But the joy of this is Butthole the King is going to be a strong for as long as Butthole the King can be strong. I'm going to do the right thing by all the people I can because I'm a part of this fucking mess and I got to undo it. The butt hammer, this thing that is bigger, this God, is bigger than me. It's bigger than you because it's an idea. 
and you can't kill an idea and you can't be let down by an idea and an idea will always be with you if it's hopeful and positive. I mean, if you're the idea is like, I'm going to be the strongest guy forever till I'm, uh, time ends, you're going to be let down by that idea. But that's really your own ego letting you down, not the concept. We're creating something that is hopeful, that is doing the right thing, that has physical empowerment. And it's getting all these people to work together in a time where they'd either be dead or they'd hate each other or they'd have gone over to the side of evil or they'd have been all these terrible things. So really, I understand your concern which is what if this good thing goes away and all good things go away and bad things can last a very long time. But the only way to change a bad thing is to be a good thing. So if you're worried about losing me, which is a reasonable idea, either through me changing or me dying or me whatever, the part of me that stays won't be the king butthole. Kings die. Whatever, you know, there's just cost to do a business. Gods and ideas don't. And if you can keep that hopeful idea alive for all of these people, I'll never let them down and I'll never go away. That's faith. And she just kind of nods and says, um, you know, if this was the book you were writing, I don't think I'd need to have ghost written it. And she kind of like smiles and, and pats you on the arm um, and uh, says, uh, keep up the good work, sir. Thank you. Oh, also, quiet thought just for you and me. Mm. If I do die, I'll try to send miracles and shit, but you might want to organize like one that you know is guaranteed to happen to keep these people pretty hopeful. The difference between a magician and a cleric is kind of small. <laughs> sir, I just explained how I ran a hotel for a while. Trust me, I can make miracles appear to these rubes any day. You change out a chocolate on their pillow, I guarantee you they'll be leaving offerings at the shrine they've made in the greenhouse for you for all time. It's fine. I've got that. Don't worry about that. I can keep the dream alive. It's why I installed all those lights in your forsaken box. You know, we got to put on the show. We got to give them the razzle dazzle. Like, I get it. Um, Yeah, you're very capable. I like you. And most importantly, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. And then she like wanders off. Very fast. Like, it's a fast wander. Greetings, loyal citizen of the conglomerata. It is I, your beloved CEO, Grayson Typhus of Typhus Industries, and I am here today to dissuade you from joining a rebellious element that seems to be growing, the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon at patreon.com slash dice. These hilarious and heartwarming rebel elements are attempting to bring down our dystopian regime, and we simply cannot have that. I'm told that rebels are flocking to this Patreon and joining for as little as $1 a month. That gives them access to other rebels in a Patreon-only Discord where they can discuss all the things that have happened in the shows. For $5, you can get an ad-free feed, but who would want that? After all, ads are the best part of the show. And at higher levels, you can even create an NPC of your very own and get your name in the closing credits. And that part I can get behind. After all, recognition is great. But you're not a rebel, are you? No, you'd much rather be crushed under the boot of industry titans like myself. So carry on with your Patreon-free life. Unless, of course, you want these wonderful stories to continue, in which case me and my regulators will see you soon. (laughs) 
Hey, you done over there? Yeah, so what's going on with you guys coming back hurt? I'm kind of curious. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, we got to debrief with these dudes. You finished? I think they're so. both still okay, choking on right. farts, so they, they they weren't just standing around like tapping their imaginary <laughs> wristwatches. So, what um, meaningful conversation did you have with Juniper while I was over there? <laughs> what? Nothing. No, we don't talk. <laughs> no, we, we had we got work to do. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Ginny might ask you if she has permission to go on the suicide mission. We don't have time. To talk about that right now? I yeah, hey, to... I was kind of hoping we could talk about our mission we just came back Great. from. That's what I wanted. Um, I was giving you time to, to clear out your sinuses. So thank what's you. Up? Yeah, definitely want to address this right here and now. So Juniper is sitting just a little back from everyone in Dr. Martha with her notepad out, ready to step in for some family uh, you counseling. Me, a D6? me? Mm-hmm. Five. Cool. Um, so, Tyler, you just said Queenie wants to address this right here, right now. Is that what Dexter was talking about or what yeah. Butthole was talking about? Yeah, great. No. <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. So he says... The Dexter uh, problem. Yeah, so we uh, we we went we went tracking uh, the, uh, the 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 charm that Mo managed to to work up to to see if we could find uh, Juniper's uh, armor and body there. That was pretty good. And uh, Alan and uh, not Pete Baelish were able to help us uh, narrow down the search to one realm. And uh, they didn't have a Raven Gate, you know, in the evil lair, which was a bit inconvenient for us. But we managed to find our way there. Um, and Trax is like, yeah, they. Um, it was a strange. Uh, it was a strange facility, and it was in a, 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 a sort of a mountainous area. A um, lot of uh, volcanic activity really fucked with a lot of our, our tracking capabilities. It's part of the reason that uh, we think that uh, he picked it. Um, but uh, we managed to get the scent uh, of it, and uh, we we made our way in. Unfortunately, uh, I think after Juniper kind of um, surprised him uh using the uh the, the urza's teapot to just kind of pop in there um well he upgraded the defenses quite a bit and he je- like tracks gestures to where the burns were that have now cleared he says that we were hit with all manner of bullshit when we showed up dexter takes back over and he's like yeah there were a lot of traps uh, a lot of uh, surprises nearby uh I met this little fucker and he points to bucky he's like but a big scary version of him uh who uh Oh, Bucarius. Well, uh, yeah, there you go. Bucarius there. He uh he raised a whole lot of hell. Uh this it turns out, I mean, if this little guy's got half the power that guy has, you're a scary little fucker there. I didn't know that you could do that because he started throwing all this chaos magic around and Mo, he was calling on Cornholio to th- try and come up with something to throw back, but he's a mixologist, not a fighty guy. So we all got separated. Um, you know, Bucarius was hunting us. Traps were going off. Xanthus was fucking nowhere in sight. Uh, we found your armor, though, there, Juniper. Uh, uh, Trax managed to, to, to get oh. your stuff. Um, we've got it in one of those little bags of holding that we, we carry around. Um, Th- thank you. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, we, we didn't find price, your body. Though. Sorry? 
I just saying, what a price to pay. That's yeah. Well, I'm so I mean, sorry. It, it's okay. I think if we were just picking up your laundry, it wouldn't have been worth it. But it was worth it to to find this lair thing. Um, so we managed to get your gear. We couldn't find your body. Uh, we couldn't find Xanthus. Uh, Bucarius eventually, he just blew right out of there after uh, after a time. Um, he, uh, he took out the the support struts on on the. Uh, on the lair, though, so we uh, we managed to find Mo in pretty rough shape. I guess uh, Bukaris gave him the old one-two with with, with the claws. Uh, so we managed to drag Mo out of there, but uh, the base itself went down. Um, so we we didn't get uh, too too much. Other than uh, we've clearly inconvenienced him uh, in a pretty big way. So there's that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, all in all, not not our finest hour, uh, really, any of us. But uh, you know, we uh, we tried our best. Uh, we did manage to recover this, and he kind of like pulls out just a, a few like basically torn out journal pages, um, and says uh, we we read it on the way over uh, on our, our travels. We did uh, we had to make a pretty hasty exit, and um, by the time we got to the Raven Gate, it wasn't active, uh, so we, we ended up having to. Uh, well, we went tracks here, managed to break into some rich fucker's house and steal a bunch of money, and then we spent that money on a couple of crooked uh, crooked mages who managed to kind of like half get the portal going for us, and then we kind of just threw ourselves through it and ended up a few miles from here. So it's been a bit of a trek, but, you know, better, better than nothing. Um, so it seems uh, Xanthus here is... Uh, He's running into that great collide at uh, Juniper. You, uh, you, you told us to keep an eye out for. Um, Aren't we all? Yeah, seems uh, seems his little uh, quest has hit a bit of a roadblock. Uh, I don't quite understand it myself, but um, there's something about how if universes are colliding, uh, it's a little bit harder to jump into them and find uh, find what he's looking for in them. Um, I guess it's. Uh, it's kind of situation where if you think you can just kind of look around the shop all you want, and then some asshole blows up the shop, it's a little bit harder to find what you're after. So may may, may I? May yeah, I here read you go. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Juniper, the um, the journal pages describe um, uh, some strategies that Xanthus was toying with um, for basically how to more quickly identify the him in each dimension, mm, okay. uh, because the Effects that you as Sheriff Moss witnessed in Old West Faerun, though they've slowed, they're so unpredictable and the colliding realities are so unpredictable that it's a lot harder for him to safely go into a ga- like into a dimension, find him, perform the ritual, eat the heart, gain the power, all that, um, without risk of more of him being there or... Mm the reality collapsing in on itself. So basically he's gone from being able to just explore realities at his whim to having to be much more tactical. And you can actually see he was working on some predictions as to which realities would collide and when, uh, unfortunately (laughs) when you guys stalled the great collide, it also fucked up his calculations because he was able to track it pretty cleanly until the collides became more regular. So now basically anytime he jumps to a dimension, he is risking getting, like obliterated by collapsing dimensional stuff, which is a real pain in the ass when you're trying yeah. to do your like supervillain schemes. 
That said, the Wait, so calculations of things he did. Are people currently like dying in all these universes with like stuff collapsing? Um, the collide has is been that, slowed. So currently, uh, currently, no, there's not like a billion galaxies collapsing in on each other constantly. Okay. That's what you were sliding into. Yeah. But every so often, two galaxies will smash into each other um, uh. and people will start falling in. Uh. Falling out, all that jazz. So yeah, there's definitely death and destruction out there, but it's nothing you can directly affect yeah. right at this moment. That's why you have a team working on it. Yeah. But yes, people are di dying out there. The Great Collide is scary. And is coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, in any case... Um, I mean, at least he's being slowed down. That's, that's something. Yeah, he's been slowed down and his operation has been disrupted. Deal with this Grayson Typhus fucker. And then we get Xanthus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sounds good. Excellent. Okay. Nothing's changed. Um, and like <laughs> Dexter and Trax look at each other. I mean, except that we know this now and, and we un understand and, and Juniper just like kind of winces and like <laughs> <laughs> takes her like the armor <laughs> blinged in stone. It's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so to be clear, you two did great work. We would have no idea what was happening, and we could all have died tomorrow if we didn't know this and weren't able to plan in advance. So, big heroic move, guys. Very impressive. And um, they both kind of, like, in their own ways, straighten up with, you know, puff up with pride a little bit. And Trax says, yeah, uh, one thing we did note from uh, his his journal entries here, uh, it seems like the dimension that we, we found the base in was a pretty solid one, a pretty secure one. Uh, and I think by chasing him out of that one, we've probably put him uh, on the back foot for a little bit because he seemed to have kind of a, according to some of the triangulations we were looking at here, the probability of that particular reality colliding was very low. So, you know, who knows? By chasing him out of there, we may also have, have forced him into a slightly more awkward situation. He may be... Uh, Less comfortable, at the very least. Perfect. That's oh, the that's key something. thing. You want to you force the enemy to make a bunch of decisions where the options are not great, because the more they do that, the more mistakes they're going to make. And as we know, Xanthus does not make a lot of mistakes unless we start forcing his hand. So this is very right. good. You two, get yourself some well-deserved rest, because you're both heroes of the realm, and then there's going to be a feast tonight, and you're going to feast as much as anyone's ever feasted, because you guys rocked it. Um, and just the look of relief and joy that there's going to be a feast after all this. Like, I think they were expecting to like come in, be injured and I don't know, just be like, good work guys, go sit somewhere. Hmm. Um, and, uh, tracks just kind of like with the, the eyes of a, of a cat expecting a treat just says, so, so the food situation's fixed. We're going to have abundant food. I'm not saying no. abundant. I'm just going to say that there's like, it's going to be some quality stuff from a variety of styles. Yeah, okay. you're gonna Still... feast like you haven't feasted recently. And Dexter's like, honestly, we were stranded on an island for so long. I'll take it. Variety's nice. All right, come on, tracks. Um, and uh, the two of them, in you know, comfortable camaraderie, kind of make their way off to their quarters. And you can already see they're placing another bet on whether or not this feast is a disaster. So 
Butthole, Juniper, and Quinny. Uh, you're left in the courtyard. People are kind of going back. They're resetting the alarms, um, kind of going back to their uh, their preparations. Um, but you were you were mid conversation, um, Quinny. Anything you would like to address with with Butthole? Uh, yeah. Hey, thanks a fucking lot for telling my daughter about the secret clandestine suicide mission. You know, she takes, she does everything I say. She really is a real rule follower. So I'm sure telling her not to go is going to go over real nice. Thank you so much for putting that on my plate. I mean, you're, you're welcome. Also, I spread it around. I was clever. So I also said that her mom has to say she can go. So you could just tell her she can and then just like stick it to the mom to say no That's and you're fine. not how this is going to work. She's already planning how she's going to sneak into our mission i'm sure of it well we can either like, like we could have somebody trap her somewhere and it's good at that you want someone to trap her some this is this I, is listen, how i don't want to i'm trying to help you solve a problem that you're telling me you're you having created no yes you created Ginny. No, i you created uncle. the problem my daughter is not a problem um, agreed i i i know i'm kind of swinging and missing here a bit today uh, it's very tired, but um, uh, I, I'm just I'm just wondering if we might try looking for a, a solution instead of laying blame. I, I look. It's... Okay, so we bring Ginny, but she's not allowed to do anything. No, I don't. That's unacceptable to me. I already told her she couldn't go, so I think it's pretty clear. I said she was not of the age where she could make that decision on her own, so I eliminated me as the way oh to go. Oh, my God. She you tri- are playing the rebellious teenager greatest hits here, dude. She's not old enough to go on a yes. secret mission. Are you fucking kidding me? Listen, she told me that she was finding religion and that doing this would make her a cleric, and I still said no. And if you don't appreciate that that makes me a very good friend of yours, that's not reasonable. Could you tell she was lying? I figured it out, yeah. Okay, well then it doesn't matter then. <laughs> well, if she'd really found it's religion, if you believe then I her and still say her. no, that I'm impressed. But no, you. She was lying, as I've been teaching her to. Oh, and man, you need to give her some more lessons because she said her god's name was like Glurfus or something, and it was accidental theft. It was an embarrassing god. I, yeah, honestly, I don't think we could have allowed her if she was really a cleric of Glurfus because I don't think it would have added anything. Might you be embarrassed by association to Glurfus? No, I just think Glurfus's powers were not really going to pay off, and she'd probably get hung out to dry on the mission. We're not accidentally stealing anything on this trip. Oh, like a god of accident. You know what? I can't do the get into this with you right now. I have a daughter who is actively trying to figure out how to go on a suicide mission. Uh, excuse me, doctor. Okay, uh, wait, wait. Mer- I've got a, uh, Martha. Is it Meredith? Martha. 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 You Nobody mentioned cares so little about therapy. He doesn't even know the therapist. Yeah. I mean, Your she's first not name is doing doctor, great right? today. Yeah. Like, uh, you mentioned uh, talking about solutions. Did you have a solution in mind? Uh, um, I, I mean, there may be a point at which you have to accept that Ginny's been on her own for a long time. Mm-hmm. Ginny's been making decisions. For herself for a long time uh-huh i'm not sure that there's much that we can do to stop her from coming if she wants to come resistance is futile from the therapist thank you very much not that resistance is futile but we may have to We may have to uh, try being supportive. If I can kind of finish that thought there, support 
and nurture my daughter's attempt to go on a suicide mission. That's what we're calling it. It's called the suicide mission. I, I'm not saying that we let her go. I'm just saying that we we try a different approach that that everyone's been telling her, no, she can't go. But maybe if she feels heard and like her needs are heard, then we could maybe bring in your parents, Quinny, and and try to show her that she has a lot of support and she'll have other opportunities to, to practice go on her suicide talents. missions. I, wait, I've got another idea. This is spinning off of the same idea from the therapist, but different. So she's saying we could all understand that she wants to go on this mission. And right now, I've said no. You'd say no. Mom would say no. Odds are she's not going to listen to no. Correct. Who is going on this mission that she really does not like or respect? I don't know. I mean, a little while ago, I would have told you me, but, you know, nope, we're she's coming around you. on each other. There's so me. She seems to be okay with me. Reginald? Bingo. What if we send Reginald to try to talk her into going on the mission? Because that if she hates him... It'll probably be late. You know, like you're playing with a toy and you think the toy's amazing and everybody's getting the same kind of toys and then somebody's parents get the toy and they start talking about how great it is and you're like, ugh, I don't want this and you get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, 10 years ago that might have worked on her. I don't... Sorry, that was snarky. I'm so Listen, sorry. Uh, the other option is... Again, again it's of been a lot of therapy. Realm, really. thank you very much. So... Uh, I'm a king, and I'm a god, and I can cast a spell so I know if somebody's telling the truth. Why don't we just ask her if she's going to try to sneak out or not? Then you can talk her out of it. We'll know if she's lying. Oh, God. Doesn't she have to go through the portal with us for this to work? We've got control of the portals. Yeah, I don't think we can control who's in or out, though. It's like holding a door open. You can't... People can still come and go th while the door is open. I never thought I would say this, Quinny, but I'm sorry that your daughter is so stubborn, clever, and capable. Yes, I know. It's very frustrating when we're dealing with the end of the world. I'd be so proud of her if the stakes weren't so goddamn high. Maybe you should go talk to your parents about what it was like to raise you. And whatever advice they give you, do the opposite, because you definitely left and did the bad thing. <sighs> oh, man. Maybe Jenny just needs to spend some time in a prison. We could imprison That seems to do well for uh, we're you. We're circling back around to a more refined version of my, what if we put her in a box? I am going to talk to my daughter and some other people about this. Okay. Because I hate everything that's happening out here in this courtyard right now. Honestly, Would you like I do some help? too. No, not from you and not from you. Okay. Agreed. <laughs> Juniper's like, or Martha's enough. like, yes, I am not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're Go leaving. Go ahead and get ready for the festival. Get your dishes or your songs or whatever you got to do. I'm going to go talk to some people. Okay, cool. Please don't tell anyone else that we're going on a secret suicide oh, mission. I, I know a way that I'll remember. You have to pray to me about it. We're I've talking never... about it right now. How no, do you but not I... remember this right now? Because I won't remember. But whenever you pray to me, those, those conversations are between you and me as your God. So if you pray to me, I'll remember and I won't say it to anybody. And you can accomplish uh, wonderful and unimaginable feats as a god, right? If I pray to you, you make it so? I mean, yeah, usually. Okay. Hey, 
This is me making my prayer that my daughter didn't actually find out that we were going on a suicide mission. Can you make that happen? That's time travel. That one's a little trickier. Oh, uh, geez. Now we're bumping into the, the rails here on what my well, hoity toity oh, no. God's limitations are. Listen, I'm talking to you as a cleric of Butthammer now, not the Butthammer. Okay, but so we're back to this. Okay. As we've learned from my experiences with Moonhammer, a God gives you what you want, or sometimes the God gives you what you need. I and maybe what you need to do right now is connect with your daughter and keep fewer secrets. Okay. You see, I am done. Just, ooh, just air out of the sails as Quinny, just like his shoulders slump yeah. and the rage kind of recedes from his face. And he just says, we can talk about this later. I'm going to excuse myself. Goodbye. And he yep. just walks away. And then Butthole turns to Martha and he goes, that's what it looks like when a lesson from a god really sinks in. I think we're both very bad at family dynamics. Well, I mean, I was tortured for several years to be a tool, then escaped and was raised by the military. So, I mean, considering my background, I think I'm batting like a thousand. My entire community tricked me into being into another universe. Yeah, plus you were a sheriff. I was a sheriff. Yeah, you, I think we're both doing great. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. And Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's a tale of learning and healing. We've got a whole province going to see one overworked witch in a candy cottage that's been chewed to pieces by the local kids. Of fairies and magic. You're touching the sapphire of assessment! I'm not touching it! I'm just putting my head near it as I focus my brainial waveforms on it. Stop it! I'm not even touching it! 
of struggle against the odds. This is my team. They may not live up to your vision of a perfect, efficient department. They don't live up to my vision of a stampede in a barnyard. Ooh, Kingly, that's how you know it's working. And now, it returns at last. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, Season 2. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, from Fable and Folly. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or look us up at fableandfolly.com.